All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, presented by Botano.ca. The game begins now at Botano. 19 plus, please play responsibly. He's former NHL netminder, current daily faceoff analyst, Mike McKenna. Mike, how you doing? Man, I am doing great, Frank. I have a little bit of reverb going in my background, so I got to fix that real quick. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. Last night, uh, you could take that slate of games and just hook it right into my veins. There was so much happening. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock with some significant playoff implications in all of those games as well. And none bigger than the Chicago Blackhawks visiting the Calgary Flames. We were all, you know, sort of salivating, frothing at the mouth, excuse me, about Wednesday night's matchup between the Calgary Flames and the Winnipeg Jets. However, it was incumbent upon the Flames to beat the Hawks first. Win your game, have a chance to be in the driver's seat in the wild card race against the Jets with a win on Wednesday night in Winnipeg, and they dropped the ball. In this case, the Blackhawks end up sweeping the season series 3-0 against the Calgary Flames, and this ended up being a crushing loss for both teams. And I know that sounds funny to say for a team that won, 
But the Blackhawks in this case went from 32nd in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes up to 30th, significantly reducing their odds. And in this case, the Calgary Flames, well, the Jets have a chance to put a nail in that coffin tonight. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty amazing last night to see where this was just such a typical game for the Flames, wasn't it, Frank? You know, they loot, they don't score first. And there's only one team in the league that's worse than the Flames if they don't score first. That's the San Jose Sharks. So they were already behind the eight ball from the beginning, and it was a very typical Calgary game. They outshot Chicago. They outchanced Chicago, but they found a way to lose. Markstrom gets beat clean on a shot. A couple of odd man rushes. Kadri one hands a puck behind the net. When there's only one four checker from the Blackhawks, Calgary found a way to lose. And it's pretty amazing for Chicago. They lost eight straight games. Look at that roster that they're trying out. And they just can't help but think, man, this is, this is a tall task for Peter Mrazek and that, but sometimes that blind squirrel finds a net, they found a way to win. Yeah, I just don't understand if you're Calgary how you let Andreas Athanasiu come into your building and essentially end your season. So much on the line. I don't know if they were overlooking the Blackhawks in this case due to the recent poor run that they've been on, or if they were just frankly looking ahead to the Jets on Wednesday. Look, uh, with a win on Wednesday, the Winnipeg Jets have a chance to essentially be five points clear of the Calgary Flames with just three games to play for Calgary. So that would pretty much do it. Even a win uh, for the Flames on Wednesday night, they would still be a point back because they don't own the tiebreaker as you take a look at the latest Western Conference standings. And, of course, the Jets would end up still having one game in hand. This was all there on the table for the Flames. It was all there for the taking to set up an enormous Wednesday night, and they just couldn't get the job done against the Winnipeg Jets, Mike. Yep, and it's, uh, you, you know, you think when you've got this much of a chance to push and you know what your next game's going to be, and you got the Blackhawks coming in, it's got to be there. They just continue to find ways to lose in Calgary. Two mid. Not enough kill, man. They've got to be harder like that, and I don't see the path forward to the playoffs at this stage. Yeah, I agree. They don't deserve it, to frankly, to get in yeah, after losing to the Blackhawks. 0-2-1 against the Hawks this year, a team quite literally not trying to win. And as mentioned, it was crushing for the Hawks. They go from 32nd to 30th. And as uh, we have on the Bedard watch on dailyfaceoff.com, the Anaheim Ducks are now in the driver's seat, a 25.5% shot at Connor Bedard with nine days to play in the NHL's regular season. Mike, um, that brings us to the Edmonton Oilers and the Los Angeles Kings who had a potential first round playoff preview on Tuesday evening in Los Angeles. And when you look at this grinded out affair between the Oilers and Kings, I think we're all looking forward to what could be an incredible first round matchup on a a slate of potentially a few of them when you really look at the way the bracket is shaping up. You could have the Hudson River rivalry between the Rangers and Devils. You could have uh, what's already locked in, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Toronto Maple Leafs with so much on the line for the Leafs. But I think this might actually be the best first-round series if it comes to pass. A rematch of last year, a series that went seven games. And when you think about how much better the Kings are than they were last season, adding a new leading scorer in Kevin Fiala, significantly changing their goaltending with Eunice Corpusallo. But I would expect it to be a little bit more free-flowing than the game that we saw on Tuesday night. Was this a sign of things to come? Is this maybe not the juicy matchup that I think it is? I, I thought it was great hockey. 
So for me, yeah, it was, but I'm also defensive minded being an old goaltender. And I loved seeing Stuart Skinner and Phoenix Copley go head to head last night. Both were extremely good. This was a really tight checking game. And for me, it really shows how good that one two punch is down the middle for the Los Angeles Kings between Kopitar, Philip Dano. They check Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, as well as anybody in the NHL. And five on five, they made the game really tight for Edmonton. It turned into a special teams battle. Edmonton was better. They scored two goals on the power play. LA couldn't convert 0 for 4 on theirs. Um, but for me, like I'm watching and the goalie and me thinking, man, I'm really hot on Stuart Skinner right now. He looked awesome last night. Very in control, patient on his edges, and he's been so consistent this year. In his last 15 game or last uh, you know, 15 games here, his record kind of speaks for itself. 11 1 and 1, 2 6 9 with a 9 11 save percentage. But look at that compared to his full season, Frank. 284-911. Yes, man. Like, you know what you're getting with this guy, but he's also starting to get the run support later in the year. Early in the year, he wasn't getting the wins because the team wasn't scoring as much in front of him for whatever reason. I think he's played great for them. I like the strides he's taken. And yes, this would be a really interesting matchup between these two teams, not just because of the scoring for me now, but because both clubs have a goaltender that can play this season. Yeah, it's been a marked change from last year to this year. Mike, you mentioned the special teams battle. Leon Dreisettle picks up his 31st power play goal of the season. He's now three back of Tim Kerr's single season record of 34 from 1985-86. But quickly, are the Oilers, based on the way that they played on Tuesday night, are they prepared to pick through a potential matchup like that against the Kings with such little ice? Is that what you got from Edmonton's effort? I think so. I think they're ready to grind. Uh, I think they know what they're up against now. And you just, you look at that, man. Look at the pickup they have with Eckholt. That guy's plus 18 in 16 games. He has solidified D and made them that much better on the back end. So, yes, I think the Oilers now are probably the most complete team we have seen in a couple of, really, I mean, in the McConnor McDavid era. Yeah, and the Edmonton Oilers as well haven't missed a beat on the power play, as you mentioned. Tyson Barry shipped off to the Nashville Predators. The Oilers' power play has actually been better at a 36% clip with Evan Bouchard on the blue line. Let's get an update on the Eastern Conference playoff race because things took a turn south for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Not only did the Florida Panthers pick up a much-needed win over the Buffalo Sabres, which essentially extinguished the Sabres' playoff hopes, if not officially, well, in this case, on paper, certainly seems like they are out of the race as you take a look at the latest Eastern Conference standings. But for the Penguins, they get their doors blown off against the New Jersey Devils, a game that was not even close. I said on the DFO rundown with Jason Greger on Monday, Mike, that I would not want to be the next team to face the Devils because they got their doors blown off in Winnipeg yeah. <laughs> on Sunday, I was thinking, man, that's going to be an ugly matchup for whoever gets them next. And hey, it was the Pittsburgh Penguins, a team that had a very middling weekend, but did enough to sort of hang on in the playoff picture. And now they wake up on Wednesday outside of the playoffs, and they are one point back of both the Islanders and the Panthers. They've all played the same number of games at 78. What do you make of the race? Man, who's gonna? Who? How can you guess? Honestly, like I, I can't pick a team. Put a stake in the ground, this, but I, dude, I, I think, I thought the Penguins were gonna hold on all year, but I'm at the stage now with the vibe that the Panthers have going. Like, I, watch this clip here that I, that I've got a Matthew Kachuk from last night. He's the reason for me why the Panthers are driving, why they're able to make this push, and it goes with Barkov too. But 
Kachuk last night scores his 39th goal of the season. He's got 103 points on the year. And it's because he's working, right? He goes, he goes to the corner. He creates separation. Big hit. Goes to the front of the net. Deflects the puck in. Barkov's got points in 14 or 15 games. But the problem is that the Panthers just suck defensively. Like, they're just still bad defensively. They gave up 25 high-danger chances last night. But Alex Lyon, the goaltender, has now won four games in a row for the Panthers with Sergei Bobrovsky unavailable. So, Frank... My question is, does Paul Maurice stick with Alex Lyon in the net when Bobrovsky becomes available again when he comes off this sickness from the last year? I say you ride Lyon. He's playing well for that team, man. And if he can guide them to the playoffs, what a story. But they got to tighten up defensively. And Pittsburgh has an ability to rebound. So I'm going to say Panthers, man. But this is going to be tight right down to the last day. Okay, so if you're saying Panthers in, which of the Islanders or Penguins are out? Penguins. I think the Islanders are doing a rebound. They've had a tough go here. Well, because the Islanders have lost a couple in a row. Like, you just don't lose three, four in a row. They're going to rebound, win the next couple of these games, and be right in the mix again. Yeah, it's... Penguins are such a tough team to figure out. We had Rob Rossi on Daily Faceoff Live earlier this week from The Athletic, and he was saying the Penguins are a period-by-period team. And I certainly understand that approach uh, it seems like night to night, you never really know what you're getting next from the Penguins. Hold on to your butts. That's uh, certainly what it feels like in Pittsburgh as they hunt for a 17th consecutive postseason appearance, which, by the way, Marc-Andre Fleury achieved earlier this week with the Minnesota Wild between his stops in Vegas, Minnesota, and Pittsburgh. He has hit 17 in a row, and his Penguins, former Penguins teammates are looking to join him. Let's talk an audit of my 32 bold predictions from earlier this season. I have a story that's going up shortly on dailyfaceoff.com, taking a look at back, back at some of the good and the bad. I, I likened uh, these 32 bold predictions to sort of playing, uh, throwing darts at your local watering hole on a Tuesday. You're going to have the occasional bullseye every now and again. You're going to have some you know, bad misses, and you're just going to have a few shots that just look like you're playing drunk. That's the nature of the prediction business in the NHL. Not afraid to admit it, Mike. Uh, in some of the wins that I did have, I had Jacob Chikrin going from the Ottawa Senators uh, to the Ottawa Senators from the Arizona Coyotes. That's a win. I said Patrick Kane would be wearing the Broadway blue shirt. And I had Bruce Boudreaux as the first coach fired. And he, of course, remains the only coach fired. But Mike, the bad ones? Oh, mm-hmm. they look pretty ugly. Yeah, you had a couple of them, Frank, and I'll give you credit here. Like, I, I actually agreed with you on this St. Louis pick. I thought that you were spot on. They'd be above 95.5. Well, it wasn't just a 2015-point uh, regression for that team. It was over 25. They'll be lucky to get 85 points this season. But I like how they've retooled in St. Louis. I picked Kaprizov as the MVP, too. We both did. We had him as a heart candidate or as the heart winner, and we did not talk about that in advance. The one I think you really missed on that I disagreed with was Larkin. I expected him to stay in Detroit all along. I thought that the home, you know, being from Michigan and everything was going to keep him there. The only question I have for you, Frank, though, is that one of your big wins – was Patrick Kane going to the Rangers? Now, you also said that he was going to sign an extension with that team. Mm. Do you think there's any chance that Patrick Kane sticks around with the Rangers? I do. I, I don't know. I think the big question is, what does the Rangers' playoff success look like? Are they a team that goes on a deep run, or do they fizzle out? That will probably play into it. Remember last year, they made five trades at the deadline and didn't retain a single player that they traded for. All rentals, they all walked. 
you know, I think Kane has a much better shot than Tarasenko to stick around. I'm sure he's willing to take less money to stay if it's a place that him and his family really like. So I don't know what that part of the equation is like. Does he like living in New York? Um, is the team successful? And how does he fit into their salary cap scheme moving forward? And the other part that really isn't talked about as much with Kane is he still likely needs some kind of hip surgery this summer. How does that impact his market? Do teams shy away? Are the Rangers happy with the production that they've gotten from him to this point? There's a lot that goes into that. And by the way, just to flog myself a little bit further on, on some of the bad ones, I you saw the St. Louis Blues over 95 and a half. My other stone cold mortal lock was the Columbus Blue Jackets over 79 and a half. Like that's a good one. Could not have been more really wrong good on either of those <laughs> from uh from our friends at Botano.ca, uh, just absolutely embarrassing at how bad those selections were. Uh, you know, just don't take gambling advice from me, kids. Let's get to this week's edition of the Number Crunch with Cam Sharon. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Please welcome back Cam Sharon, former Toronto Maple Leafs front office analyst for this week's edition of the Number Crunch. And Cam. You know, there's a lot to still settle in this season. The playoff chase isn't the only interesting race at this point. There's several end-of-year awards that are still up for grabs. Some are locked down. Uh, some don't have clear frontrunners, though. So let's start with the Calder. Which player do you think has been the best rookie this season? No doubt that Matty Beniers is getting a lot of love, but if I were to vote right now, I, I think my number one choice would be Stuart Skinner. What say you? I think Skinner is a, is a pretty good choice, uh, to be honest. And I know that when we were talking about this midseason, we kind of had Logan Thompson and uh, and Pyotr Kachetkov on our on our list as well. Uh, Skinner has, of course, to continue to, uh, to 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 be. I think he's a starter in Edmonton. I'm I'd be kind of shocked if he didn't start Game One of the playoffs for them. Uh, but I, I still think that I, one one problem I have is that um, is that Matty Beniers hasn't really. Uh, 
run away with it this year, so to speak. And this is uh, this is just something I pulled up. These are stats from naturalstatric.com. And just kind of how complicated, not complicated, but just uh, if you wanted to simplify it and uh, and put all the rookies in and just some really surface level of their advanced stats. So basically their time on ice per game at five on five, their five on five points, scoring chances, four percentage, and uh, relative. You can see that Matty Beniers doesn't really jump off the page at you. I, what I really like is that he does play uh, those uh, those heavy minutes, not necessarily heavy minutes. Like he's not going to get the number one matchup every 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 night, but he's usually going to get the primary or the secondary matchup. Him and Alex Swenberg have generally split those duties throughout the year. And last time that they played Edmonton at home, Matty Beniers actually got the Connor McDavid matchup. Uh, one thing that Beniers has done, despite not really scoring the la- you know in the last twenty games or so, is that he's uh, still maintained a pretty high points per sixty rate. Although the team. Um, they don't seem to generate a whole lot of scoring chances when he's on the ice. Now, the, there's a problem with that, obviously, because a lot of these rookies, and I'm looking particularly at Jack Quinn, who's lower down the list for time on ice, he's getting sheltered a lot. So that helps his scoring chance for percentage and his relative stats. So, you know, Beniers, who's going to be playing those secondary matchups, that's going to be that's a tougher role for him. So how do you balance that as a, as a voter? For me... Uh, I'm not a voter, so uh, this is this isn't a problem that I have to deal with. But uh, I, what I really like about Beniers is that he's the one that's really carrying the puck when he's on his line. He's leading his line in zone exits and zone entries. I think that he's making a lot, you know, he's making a very uh, noticeable impact on the game when you watch. And for me, when you when you look at the exact wording of the Calder, it's proficient rookie, and I think it's it's the player that that really draws you that really you really notice a, a lot more when uh, when they're on. That's what that means for me. When I watch the Kraken, I think that Beniers is one of the two or three best players in the game almost every single time. And uh, you know Skinner, he's gonna have his he's gonna have his nights, he's gonna have his good nights, he's gonna have his his, uh, his his less good nights. But I think he's really uh, claimed that crease along with Jack Campbell. That's an interesting uh, part of the race. The other name that I want to highlight though is Matthias Michelli. Uh, out of Arizona, not a team I watch often, but when you look at uh, at not just uh, his kind of surface level stats, but also the the track numbers from Corey Snader at uh, all three zones, you'll find that Michelli is actually 20th in the NHL in scoring chance assists. I think he's really establishing himself as one of the, not, not just one of the best rookie playmakers in this league, but one of the best playmakers in this league altogether. Arizona's has a pretty strong power play with him distributing the puck I think that Michelli is kind of a dark horse. He's a guy that should be in the top five of, of most ballots. He might not get a whole lot of love because of where he plays in Arizona. Didn't really have a whole lot of accolades coming into the season, but I think that he'd be a pretty good pick as well. And the other guy I think uh, that I that are, the other guys I quite like are obviously at the top of the list there. Noah Cates and Wyatt Johnson, who have also kind of taken on those those uh, those sort of secondary tertiary matchups. Uh, they play very well defensively for me. Uh, I, I think that both are going to establish themselves as pretty good players in this league, even if they don't really have the offensive chops of a guy like Matty Beniers or Matias Pacelli so far. Yeah, well, uh, I tell you what, we we had a stone-cold mortar lock talked about earlier, and I'll give you one right now. Stuart Skinner's going to start for the Edmonton Oilers in Game 1 of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Stone-cold mortar lock. And the other thing that sticks out to me, I wonder if Owen Power doesn't garner a little bit for the Calder. He's got 31 points playing on the back end with Buffalo. I think he might get a little bit. Let's stay on that topic of defense and talk the Norris Trophy. And you know, there's a lot of strong contenders this year, right? Kale McCarr probably be at the top of the heap, but he's only played 60 games, 66 points. So you look right towards Eric Carlson, who's approaching 100 points. He's at 96 so far. He leads the league in five-on-five scoring. Are you impressed enough by Eric Carlson to call him the best defenseman in the NHL this season and deserving of the Norris Trophy? 
Uh, with Carlson, it's it's very interesting. And, and the thing is, uh, points to me isn't what really stands out for him for, for me with Carlson. The thing that really stands out for me is that when you look at, uh, at relative five-on-five goals, so basically when Carlson's on the ice versus when Carlson's off the ice, uh, there's a difference of point of, uh, of 1.6 goals per 60 minutes um, between between the you know the sharks when he's on and off, and that's by far the best in the NHL. That's the same. The gap between him and Vince Dunn at second is the same as Vince Dunn and Matt Grizzlick at seventh. So, so for me, I, I you know it's it's really hard with defensemen because they're not usually the ones uh, touching the puck leading up to goals and getting the points. But what defensemen tend to do is they create the conditions. Uh, that lead to offense and Carlson's been elite at both this season he's not just creating those conditions by being very good with the puck in his own end breaking it out you know pushing the pace turning uh turning you know and just sort of sort of speeding the game up uh making sure that the Sharks get possession and exit with possession but he's also being very active in the offensive zone finding a lot of empty sticks he's third in the NHL among defensemen in scoring chance assists for 60 minutes now he's trailing uh two other candidates of course Kale Makar and Adam Fox, uh, I, th- I agree with you. I don't think that uh, that Makar has really played enough games to really qualify. Uh, he's just kind of been in and out of the lineup this year. Uh, I think that he's he's otherwise, you know, just on a, on an aggregate basis. I think probably the uh, the, the the best in the, in the in the in the year. But I think that you need to kind of look at those cumulative totals. So I really like Carlson uh, from an offensive pers- from an offensive standpoint. And I think you look at the other names on this list: uh, Quinn Hughes, Josh Morris. He was getting a lot of love uh, midseason. Uh, mostly due to his offense, but I don't think that Hughes, Morrissey, or Darlene can surpass can touch Carlson uh, based on uh, on how good San Jose has been with him on the ice offensively. But for me, uh, you know, you also have to look at at a, at, a, at a defensively, and I don't, and I'm not going to sit here and say that Eric Carlson is a bad defensive defenseman because he's really. Uh, doing a whole lot of other good things for the Sharks as well. They have way, they're scoring way more goals with him, uh, or and preventing uh, about the same amount of goals with him on the ice as off the ice. He's not really, he's not really uh, making that, you know, he's not, he's not a problem there. Uh, the, the guy I really like is Hampus Lindholm though, out of Boston, who uh, he's doing all the great things uh, that, that has made Boston great this year. Uh, very strong in transition defending, uh, moving the puck uh, out of the, out of his end zone with possession. I think that he's been the strongest defenseman for me. It's been a great pairing with him and Brandon Carlo, and he's only received one fourth place vote in his career. I would like to see him get a little bit of love this year. He'd be my number one, my number one choice. He'd be your number one choice for Nars. Uh, yeah, uh, Hampus Lundholm, I think, is my guy. Wow, interesting. I was going to ask you because, you know, we're out of time, Cam, but, you know, the, the case you presented for Carlson is really interesting if this was, you know, best offensive defenseman, but that's not what the award is, and that's what I kind of struggle with the most when you try and balance, yeah, the offensive production is important. It's also not most valuable defenseman because that's probably what Carlson would be, as you mentioned, to the Sharks. It's the actual wording of the award is all around defenseman. And I kind of have a hard time looking past someone like Josh Morrissey because you think of the first five years of his career, we thought of him almost exclusively as a shutdown defenseman who was taking on the toughest minutes. And now all of a sudden he's added this offensive flair to his game. He's just under a point per game. And he kind of speaks, at least to me, to this season to be all around. So it's going to be a tough one for voters to wrestle with. Lots to consider. Thanks to Cam for your insight on this week's edition of The Number Crunch.
All right, Mike, time for the Daily Faceoff inbox question of the day. Hashtag AskDFO. My question to you is a hypothetical one. If Matt Murray is ready to return from his head injury and, quote, other stuff, as Sheldon Keefe mentioned in to the media on Tuesday, by game one, round one of the playoffs, would you make Matt Murray the backup to Ilya Samsonov or would you put Joe Wall in the backup's chair on the bench? Yeah, you'd put Murray there because that goaltender's not coming into play. My question is, is Joseph Wool the best goalie in Toronto? I think it's a real question worth asking. I know he doesn't have a lot of experience. I know you can't rely on that if you're going towards the playoffs. But man, if I had to start one of those three goalies and it was the beginning of the season, it'd be Joseph Wool. We'll see what happens in the playoffs, though. I think you'd put Murray on the bench because he's been there all season. You still have that dynamic, man. It's Samsonov and Murray. They were your guys. You don't want to cast somebody that out of that for? circle. So, so like, just walk me through quickly your decision making. Like you're saying, you you think that the possibility is real that Joe Wall's the best goalie of the three. Yet, mm-hmm. you if you had to bring him in, which is always a possibility in case of injury, like it's hard to argue for me at this exact moment in time. The way Matt Murray has played, injuries aside, that he's better than Joe Wall right now. So why would you put Murray on on the bench just in case? Well, because that's just what you're running into is that like you want to have that same team that you've had. And you hear Samsonov talk about how bad he felt for Murray, right? Like there's a real bond. There's a dynamic there. There's there's a known relationship that goalies can feed off of. So if you're just going to try to get through a game, if somebody gets hurt, if it's Samsonov or you got to pull him, sure, you can put Murray in. And then you can figure it out from there. If you want to stick Wool into that starter spot, you can do it. But that team aspect, man, is really important. I think it's pretty valued, especially in goalie partners. I don't care whether it's starter, backup, whatever it is. I want the best guys on my roster. When it's playoff time, we're playing for keeps, and nothing else matters. As Chris Pronger said, you can be day-to-day with hurt feelings if you want, uh, but that's not what should be the case uh, when it comes to playoffs for me. But maybe I'm just a ruthless prick. Uh, let's get to our Daily Bet segment presented by Batano. Uh, Tyler Remchuk, what do you got? A uh, ruthless prick. I love it. <laughs> Uh, sorry, that just totally threw me off. Uh, I am loving a lot of things over on Botano, by the way. I got the split yesterday, and today there is a bet I'm targeting that's a bit of a unique one that they have offered up as one of their same-game parlays, and it is involving the Oilers and the Ducks tonight, Frank. Listen, it is very hard to find any value on the Edmonton Oilers in this hockey game, but I dug up a plus-money bet. Connor McDavid to score. Leon Drysaddle to record an assist. And it doesn't have to be on the same goal. It can be Drysaddle getting an assist in the third, McDavid scoring in the first. I love this spot. The Oilers torched the Ducks for six goals on Saturday. I see no reason why they can't do it again. The Oilers have been a pretty decent team in terms of playing on back-to-backs this year as well. No concerns there either. How about this for Leon Drysaddle? Assists in nine of his last 10 games with 16 apples in that span. Connor McDavid's found the back of the net 62 times this year and twice in his last three games. I love this spot as a way to get some plus money value on the Edmonton Oilers. It's actually my only play of the night as well. Don't love that Flames-Jets games just in terms of where the value is set and where the line is set. So it's just a simple parlay on the Oilers. Frank McDavid to score, dry settle to grab an apple. Plus 130 is the payout, courtesy of Patano. I'm rooting for you, but I'm also rooting for Leon Dreisaitl to get that 32nd or 33rd power play goal. Let's get that record in play. Chasing Tim Kerr's record. We had a story last week on dailyfaceoff.com looking a deep dive into that and also the connection that Leon Dreisaitl and the Oilers have to the record. Pelly Eklund, a former scout for the Oilers, European-based scout, 
for the last 10 years, partly responsible for helping land Dreisaitl in Edmonton. Well, he assisted on 18, more than half of Tim Kerr's record power play goals. Thanks to Tyler for today's Daily Bet segment. That brings us to garbage time with Mike McKenna. What's caught your attention? What's caught your eye from around the NHL? Well, we have a nice piece up on Daily Faceoff today from our own Stephen Ellis that is previewing the NCAA Frozen Four. It's going to take place this coming weekend with Mich- with Minnesota, Quinnipiac, Michigan, Boston University all taking part. But my problem with the NCAA right now is the transfer portal. It has turned into the Wild West amongst teams and players and students. These are student athletes. And this tweet from Mike Peluso out of Bismarck, North Dakota, former NHL player, not that Mike Peluso you're probably thinking of. There's been two Mike Pelusos in the NHL, uh, but this Mike Peluso also played in the NHL. And you see it here. Transfer portal in hockey needs to go. Sometimes you don't have the best season. Coach is being hard on you. That's life. You know what? Peluso is right because players now, if they're not happy, they take off right away. There is zero loyalty in NCAA hockey. The amount of money and time that coaches put into recruiting players to some cases see them jet after a season or two when things just get a little tough for them. Oh, it's hard. I want to go find find somewhere else. Maybe the coach will be nicer to me somewhere else. Man, I understand there are some circumstances where that's valid, but we used to commit to college. We were there for four years. Like it, love it, leave it, whatever you were there. You had to make it work. And that taught resiliency. This is just a microcosm of today. And I think Peluso nails it, right? Plays in everything that's wrong these days. It is. It's the me first attitude of a lot of these players when they could just go and overcome. And and, and it goes both ways. Like teams are recruiting players. Like this, this isn't just the players. You know, you've got coaches out there and players, teams that are, you know, you're working back channels to try to find players. So I, I don't like it, Frank. I just don't like that the loyalty has gone in the NCAA game. I'm going to wholeheartedly disagree with you. One, the transfer rules previously were draconian. The fact that you had to sit out a year to go play somewhere else is insane. And the loyalty thing works both ways because guess what? When you come in and you commit to four years at a school, the coach is also out there trying to find a better version of you to put ahead of you in the lineup next year. And some guy comes in that takes your spot the next year. I get work harder, whatever it is. Don't think that the loyalty is a one-way street. It's got to be two-way, and there's no loyalty from coaches, most of the time two players, as they're out on the recruiting trail as well. So this works both ways. That'll do it for today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the NHL. We'll be back 12 noon Eastern on Thursday. You know where to find us. Until then, have a great day, everyone. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.